<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Well, President Biden is at leisure, as they say, almost a month away from the prying public eye, aside from a few hours at the White House to sign into law the Inflation Reduction Act, which only contributes to inflation, of course. It doesn't reduce it at all and is all about climate change and health care. And President Biden afterwards quickly retreated from the White House to resume his extended vacation from public view as the public backlash builds against him, his attorney general, and FBI director. I said right after the FBI raided the president's offices in Mar-a-Lago that the Marxist Dems who lead the Democrat Party and the deep state had made a huge mistake. There's no doubt now that Americans are furious with the FBI and the DOJ. They are revulsed by six years of the political persecution of Donald Trump and they will be at the polls on November 8. Now, Biden is afraid to be near the White House to face questions about charges of abuse of power, about the four-year-long investigation of Hunter Biden, about the rising number of deaths of Americans poisoned by China and Mexican drug cartels manufactured fentanyl, and reluctant to face any questions at all about the wide-open border policies that align the Marxist Dems and this administration with the cartels. Now we learn that the Biden White House is partnering with a communist China company in the Federal Voting Assistance Program to help overseas voters in the midterm elections. Isn't that nice? Gateway Pundit reporting that that includes instructions on how to vote by mail and TikTok setting up an election center that will help sort out disinformation. Say thank you, Xi Jinping. Obviously, the puppet president and his Marxist dim administration are running wild. The puppet declaring there's zero inflation, declaring there's no recession, despite two straight quarters of contracting GDP and an inflation rate of 8.5%. It's all Orwellian, Soviet, and just plain dangerous to the republic. With us, the host of Human Events Podcast and a great American, Jack Posobiec. Jack, welcome back to the show. President Biden is staying out of sight. His polls are a disaster. His policies more disastrous. Give us your reaction to these constant Marxist dim assaults. Look, Lou, it really comes down to this. Do we have political leaders on the right in this country or even in the middle, even just in the center, who understand what time it is? We are dealing with a completely out of control regime that knows that they have lost the popular mandate. They've certainly they never actually had the popular mandate, I should, I should point out. Uh, they never had the mandate of the people. They don't have the popularity of the people. The people are not with them. But what they do have left to them are the institutions of state 
power. And so the mask has come completely off. The mask has slipped. They are now moving to direct state power raids on political opposition. And to anybody out there, if you grew up in um, any of the post-Soviet countries, the Warsaw Pact, uh, Poland in the 1970s and 80s, Venezuela, Cuba, South America, Middle, etc. You've seen this before and you know exactly what comes next. And so the time to get ready was a year ago. Now we are in the thick of it. And there are there are people, Lou, there are people like Tim Scott, who was on CBS this week and said, we need to let things play out who do not understand what time it is and they are not ready for what's coming. No, they're not ready. And there is a, a Eurocentric, uh, uh, I, I believe, metaphor for this. Uh, those who are saying that we've never seen this before, uh, I had the good fortune to be in the in the, in the former Soviet Union in Russia uh, after the fall of the Berlin Wall uh, in 1989, 1991, Perestroika, Glasnost, and the birth of Russia. And... What I'm watching right now is is a, an example of what most Russians were trying to grasp in 1992. How could we have lost the Soviet Union? There wasn't a shot fired. We were we were good communists one day and the next uh, we are floating uh, in the winds of history. And that's exactly where this country is headed, in my opinion, Jack. This is an analog to what happened in the Soviet Union. It is also following, by the way, the, the Marxist doctrine uh, that founded the Soviet Union uh, in uh, tactically, strategically, uh, and ideologically. We are watching the Democratic Party uh, uh, destroy uh, America as we knew it. Look, Lou, there's two doors that are facing us, two doors, and behind one door, is the republic that was bequeathed to us by the founding fathers by our ancestors who founded this country who built it up from nothing who gave us these branches of government our federal government the system of federalism with the state governments the local governments and there is another door and that door is the door of bolshevism modern bolshevism cultural bolshevism whatever you want to call it social justice critical race etc etc it is bolshevism and we know that we have to be able to say it that is the door whereby in there are no standards there is no rule of law you have the rule of man you have the rule you have nihilism you have this idea that it does not matter what your values are or your precedent is it only matters is what only matters is the will to power that is the door that the left wants to take us into. And the way I say it is, I'm done listening to the, the upset statement and the word, you know, strongly worded letters. It is time for the right in this country to understand that we need action. We need action on a state governor level. And you've got red state governors. If there's a, if there's a raid like this that's going to come down, then you need to empower the sheriffs to stand in the middle and hold up the hand and say, wait a minute, you think you're going where? You think you're going into Mar-a-Lago? Let me see that warrant, right? Um, you need to actually have a, have people in this country stand up for the rule of law against this because, Lou, we're seeing, and, and Newsweek has the article up, and, and of course take everything they say with a grain of salt, but they are saying that a grand jury has been impaneled in Washington, D.C., directly under the auspices of Maine Justice, that's Merrick Garland. They are targeting President Donald J. Trump 
Um, the raid was executed through their investigation. It is being led by a prosecutor, and they are looking at prosecuting him. They want to drag him up to Washington, D.C., the same way they just drug Stephen K. Bannon up through this in front of a D.C. jury that you know the outcome will be predetermined. They want to put Donald J. Trump on trial so to try to prevent him from running again for the presidency of the United States. Uh, this is, What we are looking at here is a preemptive coup by the administrative state by the Leviathan itself, because they know that President Trump and his movement of America first MAGA supporting patriots have now understood that this is the layer of corruption between what the government should have been and what the government is today. You were talking earlier about two doors. Uh, to me, the choice is binary. It is obvious uh, and it is uh, rooted uh, in history uh, and uh, and mankind itself, and that is good versus evil. The Marxist Dems, Democrats, have chosen evil. They are usurping our Constitution, uh, our government uh, regulations, our rules, our heritage, our traditions, our conventions. And we have to, right now, you mentioned Republicans and conservatives, uh, that we're, we have to speak as Americans. There is no way that any American who uh, who in any way regards this as uh, a, a great nation, uh, a proud nation, and a nation of law and order, a constitutional republic, can tolerate any more of this. Merrick Garland is a Marxist thug. Joe Biden is a Marxist puppet. And the Marxist puppet masters of this White House and this administration, I believe, well, I think we all know who is most likely the ringleader of that cabal, but uh, I don't want to, at this point, uh, mention President uh, Obama's name uh, as the leader. I'm sure he's just a willing participant, but he may be far more. And we've got to come to terms with reality. We have a Republican, Kevin McCarthy, I've got to say, Jack, today actually said we got in this position because too many of you Republicans have been quiet for years. This is the, the he has been mute, Kevin McCarthy, when we begged him to stand up to forcefully support this president and all that the America First doctrine means. He did not, but he is now. It, it is not too late, but now he has to understand the Republicans have to stand together and in my opinion, Jack, and I'd like to know what you think, those Republicans Monday should be marching on FBI headquarters, and I mean taking up position and demanding an explanation from Merrick Garland and not leave until they get it. And by the way, once they get it, they'll know they've been handled, handed a pack of lies, but it's at least worth the effort. Your thoughts? Well, Lou, I've, I've got to talk to you a little bit as well about a new post we have up at um, at thepostmillennial.com, a piece that I just wrote and some documents that we've now been able to go through line by line and on uh, my show, which we just got picked up by Rav. Very excited. It's powered by Turning Point USA. And so Human right. Events Daily now airs 
uh, nightly on RAV, 10 p.m. Uh, each evening. So we've kind of we're kind of the war room night watch, you know, with myself and Drew Great. Hernandez. Congratulations! Thank you very much. And so it's you know, you know war room after hours. I'm not sure how to brand it just quite yet, but what we're going to be doing tonight is going through line by line a draft. How about Jack Pasovic? How about Jack Pasovic tonight? What do you Ooh, think? Ooh, Jack Pasovic tonight. I don't know. I don't know. We'll play with it. Uh, but right. I do like the sound of that. But um, this is line by line. We're going to go through the draft resignation letter that was written by General Mark Milley as an apology to Black Lives Matter and Antifa, two Bolshevik groups, Bolshevist groups that are very openly, uh, they, they uh, wear these labels, self-proclaimed. And he is apologizing for his role in the clearing out of the rioters in Lafayette Square Park just north of the White House after the events of the burning of St. John's Historic Church and uh, setting a White House guard post on fire. Millie apologizes for taking part in that, uh, that walk out to secure the area. Then, apparently, what we're now able to uncover, and we've got the post up, we'll be going through it at Human Events Daily, that he wrote a resignation letter in which he's apologizing He's overly emotional. He talks about how upset he is, about how his gut is twisting over this, how this, uh, these actions of President Trump. Lou, he likens President Trump in this letter to the Nazis and fascist dictatorships that the United States fought against in World War II. He accused President Trump of not understanding what those wars were about and stated <laughs> that he doesn't know what the red, white and blue means. And he said this is about upholding the international world order. And I was reading through this. And by the way, the oh, wait, wait, I'm, I'm sorry, red, white and blue. And this is about upholding the world, the liberal world yep. order. Is that right? Uh, it's so it's no exactly confusion. right. I mean, no confusion in his mind. It's good that he would want to instruct President Trump. Well, they say the double think is the ability to hold two completely contrasting points of view in your mind at the same time, even when they directly contradict each other. And that's clearly what that is. And you just rightfully identified that um, the, the grammatical level of this certainly doesn't read like someone who is a graduate of Princeton and Columbia. Uh, this is like something that you would read on, uh, you know, a teenage girl's Tumblr account or something you'd see in an expose from the, the great libs of TikTok. Um, to think that somebody who's so emotionally unstable is running the United States military, well, it, it, it makes no uh, surprise for any of us, which should come as no surprise to any of us, why Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping are making their moves on Ukraine and the Taiwan Strait right now. Because, of course, while the United States government is run by this class of deranged eunuchs, uh, they are going to spread their wings and compass, whether it's eastern Ukraine, southern Ukraine, which I just came back from, whether it's the Taiwan Strait and the entire island of Formosa, which has been separate from China since 1949. Uh, they view this as a moment where essentially they have a free shot on goal while these lunatics are in charge of the United States government. Can you imagine any world leader, uh, any uh, leader of any nation who wishes to uh, take advantage of the United States, uh, how they could possibly resist the opportunity under this impaired president uh, who is every bit, by the way, as delusional as uh, General Milley. We have the, the chief military advisor to the president of the United States 
is an emotional wreck and an intellectual lilliputian. I, it's 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 impossible to overstate his inadequacies, his ineptitude, his derangement as he's placing phone calls to the Chinese because he's upset with Donald J. Trump, his commander in chief. He's a damn fool, and he's wearing the uniform of the United States, and he ought to get the hell out of Washington. We have tolerated these kinds of idiots in our, you know, Jack, you know, you're a veteran. Let me say something to you that you're probably, I I don't know if you've thought about yourself, but I'd like to hear it. We are also dealing with a military right now that is producing leaders who can't win, who can't stand up for principle, who cannot understand there's a word called victory, and that we're supposed to be in every fiber of our being winning. Uh, and, And we have generals, the general staff, I'm talking about the leadership, the Pentagon, these are people who've gone on for 20 years and not, and instead of victory, they write long treatises on the long war and turn it into doctrine. We have to, we have to come to terms with the fact that our military academies are not getting the job done right now. Your thoughts? I mean, Lou, you, you go to some of these military academies and you talk to some people, whether or not they're in the Pentagon or the higher echelons of the COCOMs, the combatant commands within the military, and their reading list looks like the current event section at Barnes and Noble. There, there's no oh, serious thought. There's no serious, or you know, or something you see at a, you know, at the the um, the newsstand at an airport. You know, one of those Hudson News terminals. That uh, there's no depth of thought. There's no understanding. There's no reading of what of of Chinese or Russian doctrine. There's certainly no language learning. There's no understanding of the threats of the Middle East, the threats of radical Islam and these, these radical strands of Islam, um, they, they view that as, as beneath them and they're just going to regurgitate the same talking points that they hear in the Washington Post to CNN and the New York Times every day. But when I look at it as a veteran myself, Lou, I, I still haven't gotten over the fact that the USS Bonhomme Richard, which is for all intents and purposes, uh, it's, it's a quasi aircraft carrier with amphibious assault landing capabilities. Right. It burned to a cinder on the pier at San Diego yep. Naval Base. And the sailors on board the ship didn't know how to put out fires. Now, uh, Lou, I don't, I don't know what your naval background is, but um, sailors have understood that Putting out a fire at sea is the most important thing that you need to do while you're at sea for 5,000 years. Uh, this has been understood that this is your single greatest threat because obviously there's no 911. There's no, there's no one you could call, right? So you, you have to be proficient in this or else everyone will perish. And fortunately, they were on the pier and they were able to get off. But the fact of the matter is if we have a Navy that is not able to to put out fires that is cr- where the seven fleet ships are crashing into each other, where air, you know, we, we put out movies like Top Gun Maverick. And then you look at the actual Navy and our, our airplanes are falling off of aircraft carriers. So if I'm Xi Jinping right now, if I'm Vladimir Putin, I say, of course, why wouldn't I go after Ukraine and Taiwan right now? What better time could you ask for? Well, the Gerald Ford class of aircraft carrier right now, it's named after an absolute a disaster a catastrophe in engineering, design, manufacturing. It's taken over a decade and a half to get the Gerald Ford 
moving in the water in the right direction with elevators that work and uh, catapults that launch. I mean, this is, uh, and it's a billions of dollars overruns. Uh, you're, you're talking about the, uh, the ship in San Diego. I mean, that was billions of dollars that went up in, in, in smoke because apparently at least two sailors were negligent beyond belief and the other is just simply inept and poorly trained. I, I just really, uh, you know, you, you, you can't even imagine. One of the first things that anyone uh, learns is, you know, what, what time is the fire watch? The right. fire watch. It's, there's a reason it's named that. And for the military, the United States Navy, to have perpetrated that monstrosity of a failure of leadership, uh, training, uh, I mean, almost in every level, Jack. These are disasters designed by the supposedly the best and the brightest uh, in our military industrial complex. And, and Lou, you, you know what will happen is that Millie will get out and he'll write his book about leadership. You know, they've, you've got all these guys that have led us into failure, that have led us into collapse, led us into ruin. And then they, they write books about leadership and they go on their speaking tours. They get, um, you know, their board seats from, you know, whether it be Raytheon or Boeing or Lockheed so they can make the calls and get contracts for their buddies who are still in and keep the money flowing between, yeah. uh, wow. between the, you know, those, those contractors. And I mean, you talk about the overruns on the Gerald Ford class. You talk about the issues with the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter. Um, of course, the companies are still making money. They don't mind one way or whatsoever. And it's one thing to have a and, and, and I will say this, that it it is necessary for a country to have a military class. It is certainly necessary then for a country to have the industry to provide for that military class. But you need one that is not corrupt and you need one that is proficient and then capable of doing the job of defending the nation I mean, go back to uh, the great white fleet of Teddy Roosevelt. This was the real coming out moment of America on the international stage where we were able to highlight our prowess. At this point, China, about, by the way, is doing the same thing. China is doing exactly the same thing right this very moment. I was just about to say, and, and uh, this coming out moment right now for the United States will be whether we can, uh, as, as a nation, as a people stand up for law, order our constitution and this republic and right now we have a former president who has been persecuted for six years we've got newsweek ballyhooing an article about there's a grand jury impaneled against donald trump and they've got a whistleblower or a, or a, a think whatever you want to call them uh, a a a turncoat in the uh, in the entourage uh, at uh, mar-a-lago I don't care about and one word of that. What we've got are Marxist Dems driving this country to disaster. And they are, again, for six years persecuting. And I don't care how many drangeries they impanel. I don't care how many agents they send to Mar-a-Lago. They're doing so under color of law, but as lawlessly as one could ever imagine this once storied uh, agency could possibly conduct itself. The FBI is nothing more than a disastrous secret police of the of the Marxist Dems uh, in full, full-throated uh, howls of just uh, in, in, incredible, uh, uh, to me at least, incredible uh, directions 
toward hell itself. Uh, we have to stop them. This isn't an option. There is no two doors for me. There's only one. We either save this country, we protect our president, and we make certain that these pretenders, these thieves uh, who have stolen elections and have stolen uh, a, a march on the Republicans that is now 20 years long, and they have to catch up, I think, within, well, just less than three months. Your thoughts? Look, it's as simple as this, folks. This this election that's coming up in November is existential. And you can choose. You can choose to go continue on this path of Bolshevism, the rising homicides, the illegal drugs and gangs and cartels that are pouring across our border, the disgraces and humiliations of our military around the world stage, and more and more jackbooted thugs raiding political opponents. We, we can go down that road, and we've seen other countries go down that road before us. That is the road of a banana republic. Or we can elect people like MAGA, America First candidates, like, like Joe Kent, who is going to be the next congressman uh, from Washington 3, like Carrie Lake, who's going to be the next governor of Arizona, Doug Mastriano is going to be the next governor of Pennsylvania. We, we know what we need to do. The question is, are we going to complain about it or are we going to get up and actually take action, use human agency while it is still available to us? Well, if we continue to listen to to moronic, unprincipled, uh, and absolutely uh, indolent uh, figures like Mitch McConnell uh, and pretend that he is some kind of leader. He is no more a leader than uh, the impaired uh, Joe Biden who sits in the Oval Office. We have to move them aside now and put real leaders in position who mean to serve the Republic and the American people. The American people right now, Jack, as you well know, we are the targets of the FBI, the Department of Justice, the entire, the entire administrative state. And, and again, the howls that are emanating from the nation's capital, from these radical Dems uh, and, and Marxists all, uh, is sickening to hear uh, the gloating on MSNBC, uh, on CNN. It's enough, as you might might be able to detect, I'm more than just a little furious about it all. Well, Lou, I, I tell you what, though, the response I've seen from this is very promising. If anything does give me hope, it's the fact that the American people are responding to this directly. You're even seeing, by the way, some of President Trump's political opponents, like uh, people like Andrew Cuomo, people like uh, Yang come out and, and absolutely oppose this. You're now having people really rat uh, rally behind President Trump against the face of this naked authoritarianism. And whether you be moderate, whether you be independent, I think it's taken a lot of people uh, to this point to realize, wait a minute, President Trump was not uh, was not overstating the case or exaggerating. And people have certainly have accused Donald Trump of exaggerating or being somewhat boastful in the past, right? But in this case, he is 100% truthful that this is a witch hunt of uh, the country. Look, Lou, and, and you, you and I, whenever we chat, we always kind of dance around this. And I think it's clear to say the country we grew up in no longer exists. Yeah, I don't, we, I don't, we need to fight to get it back. I don't dance around it at all, Jack, honestly. Uh, I said, as the moment unfolded in, uh, uh, in Mar-a-Lago, uh, nothing will be the same after this, and we have to decide uh, what it will be because it will not be the same. 
Uh, And by the way, I I have to say I'm a little uncomfortable uh, with uh, any reference to uh, Andrew Cuomo or Yang, whoever it may be (laughs) on the left, because the the Democratic Party really has shunned them uh, in one case appropriately, in one case, you know, bad political choices. But uh, using them as ballast for the truth, I'd prefer to look at history and, and, and the facts. We've seen six years of persecution of this president, and the only lies, the only liars, have been the prosecutors, whether they're the FBI, whether they are the intelligence uh, agencies. The only liars have been those prosecuting Donald Trump. Four leaders of the FBI and every one of them caught in lies. Uh, The FBI is a sickening, a sickening alcove of just completely toxic uh, corruption and it's not going to go away and i if i hear one more lie out of garland <laughs> merrick garland's mouth why why would i pay any attention to them they are liars they have tried to overthrow this president they uh president trump they have tried to uh stop his candidacy they've done so with a close relationship with all of the radical Dems. Uh, Biden has lied to win the presidency. Uh, William Barr lied by not moving forward to stop him and to make it clear, 51 intelligence, the veterans, including five leaders of the CIA, they lied. And we're supposed to worry about whether or not Donald Trump exaggerates, Jack? This country's got to come to its senses. This is in our face with our experience for the past six years. President Trump and his entire family have been beaten and blooded, and still it goes on, and there is no, no accountability uh, for their heinous, the heinous acts of the Marxist Dems. Well, Lou, you, you couldn't find a better example of a man who was a civic leader in New York City that worked with Rudy Giuliani to restore New York City to greatness from where it was in the 70s and 80s to uh, to the 1990s, cleaning up the crime, reinvesting in Manhattan the way they did, building it back, rebuilding Times Square, then going to, and deciding to run for political office the very first time in his life. And had never run for anything before, but said, I want to do something good for my country. And I feel that the politicians are too corrupt and we need to get off the sidelines and do something about it. The very first time that you had somebody who is not a politician or not a uh, a member of the military run for political office, we are now seeing the outsider, the person who was the outsider to the system being fought against and uh, tarred and smeared by the same system that he is fighting to uh, he is fighting to overturn. And if you go back to the very first speech at the Golden Elevator, this is exactly what he talked about, that there is a corrupt system and it must be confronted. The Leviathan has woken. The Leviathan is that system, the Leviathan that we were warned about. And it is going to take President Trump and every single patriotic American getting behind him and getting behind this movement if we are ever going to restore the balance of power and the rule of law in America. Uh, there is no question. And when we're talking about uh, one world liberal orders and 
uh, global governance, one world government, uh, and our so-called elites. And I love the fact that President Trump said it very clearly. Our elites aren't very elite. Uh, as a matter of fact, they are appalling. They're disgusting. Corporate America has much to atone for, much to repent for, and much to correct as quickly as possible because they have carried uh, the ideology uh, and the, uh, the, the toxicity of Marxist ideology uh, through their HR departments, uh, throughout their entire organizations. We're watching Eli Lilly pull out of Indiana because they passed a ban against abortion. Uh, the company had been there for more than a century. We have this Chamber of Commerce and Business Roundtable more aligned with the CCP than they are with the United States of America. We have to come to terms. And one of the things we've got to understand is no, whatever they may have been in one decision in the Supreme Court, whatever they were, they are no longer. They are no longer citizens of the United States, and they should not be treated as such. The American people and our and our system of government has to bring these corporations to heal. Uh, they have way too much influence. Uh, this government, led by these Marxist Dems, has way too much power. And we've got to restore power to the people, uh, or, or otherwise we lose no matter uh, what the politics of it are or the ultimate outcome of this conflict. Your well, reaction? Well, Lou, you were just talking, or I guess I referenced the Great White Fleet, and, and here you are talking like Teddy Roosevelt when it comes to domestic policy as well, that you, when you go to the trust, you do hey, have to fight for the people when it comes to business. Well, I think, that, I think that we both should powerful. Take, I think we should both take that as a compliment. Oh, I agree. And I, I think that, you know, I think that a lot of Republicans and you see this in the, uh, I, you know, the conservatarian types who say that, you know, we should allow the corporate world to do whatever they want, that we should never interfere with that process, that we exist to support corporate interests and corporate power. And I, I think that has just, number one, it certainly lost its electorate and lost its popular base. But I think it was always misguided because why should the people trust any, would you trust Facebook? Would you trust Zuckerberg? Would you trust um, yeah, Google? Would you trust Twitter? Would you, would you trust Elon Musk with that much power, right? You know, there are so many questions about this. And I think that we realize that we've gone so far. Do we trust Netflix? Do we trust Disney? Do we trust Hollywood? No, of course not. Should we trust Wall Street? And so when we're looking at some of these issues, I think it does require a little bit of self-reflection to realize that the it has always been like this along the way and that economic populism, this idea that we need to fight for the rights of the little guy, of the working class and the middle class has always been right there. And it is because of that push that President Trump has reinvigorated. That's why you're seeing the Hispanic community now have this massive tectonic plate shift in momentum uh, in terms of who they support, whether it be the Rio Grande Valley or Arizona or Pennsylvania, they are shifting to the Republicans. You're also seeing uh, you're also seeing glimmers of this in the African-American community. And at the end of the day, it's because of economic issues. It's not because of pandering. It's not because of uh, Marco Rubio and these guys going out and declaring amnesty. No, it's not about that. It's about protecting our country and doing what's right for the economy. And I think there's there's been this line going around that 
America, people have always said, well, the part the problem is there's always two parties and there's only one choice or the other. And both parties are to blame. And who can I choose for? Well, I would I would disagree because I would say that for the last half a decade, there is a new party. There is a third party in America today. And that is the MAGA party. It just happens to be ensconced within the Republican Party. Yeah, it would be like uh, trying to to pretend that there weren't rhinos within the Republican Party. The the good news is that predominantly, uh, this is the America First. I I understand the MAGA Party. I, I personally prefer the America First Party because I believe that slogan encapsulates strategy, doctrine, philosophy, ideology, and just plain a good old American values. That's what President Trump brought. He brought four years of tremendous success, the greatest success of any president in four years, in my opinion, in the history of the country. And we owe him greatly. Uh, And I will tell you, to see him go through this right now and to see the country now on the edge, we are at the abyss. We are on the precipice. And for us to even think of putting forward anyone else as president. And by the way, I, I love Ron DeSantis. I think he's doing a masterful job in, in Florida. He had the guts to stand up early and first to protest what the FBI did in Mar-a-Lago. But as did, by the way, Marco Rubio. Uh, I believe we have to say to ourselves, if he is not to be the president of the United States in 2024, uh, we will lose much because I think he is the proven leader who can move us to our future, our deserved future, our deserved destiny. You get the concluding thoughts here. Always the last word to our guest. Jack, thanks for being with us. Well, Lou, I appreciate it. And everybody can go and 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 uh, thank you again for having me on the podcast. I always love our conversations. Uh, my, my show is going to be Human Events Daily, 10 p.m. on Real America's Voice, uh, Apple, Spotify, Roku, whichever uh, platform of your choice. We are always going to be there. But Lou, I, I said something and I've been quoted by the AP on this and the Huffington Post is me attacking me for saying it, but I, I'm just going to say it again. Uh, in the midst of this raid, Donald J. Trump just won the 2024 primary and I'll make a bold prediction. Donald John Trump will be the 47th president of the United States of America. I uh, I have to say I'm in absolute concurrence. I do think that in the one instance, uh, we ought to make certain that it is that it has such power in numbers that we make it akin to a uh, a, a unanimous acclamation. Uh, of uh, Donald J. Trump. If any man deserved to be just handed the presidency, it is he. Well, and- uh, yes. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so, of course, of course, America First and MAGA are the main slogans, but he used to have that one. It was called Promises Made, Promises Kept. Do you remember that? Absolutely. He, well, he, and he lived the, one that, the one that I would add now for this third campaign is unfinished business. <laughs> oh, yes. And let's go get them. Uh, Jack, always great to have you with us. Thanks so much, and and uh, congratulations on your new show, and congratulations on uh, on keeping the uh, the country uh, both informed and entertained. We thank you so much, Jack. Basola. I appreciate it, Lou. God bless. God bless you. Thanks everybody for being with us today. Tomorrow, our guest will be the author of the bestseller, January Sixth: How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. 
Please be with us for Julie Kelly, our guest here tomorrow. Please join us. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.